Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're going to talk about more golfers headed over to the Live Tour. Uh, some NCAA NIL conversation. Who should you hire to run your NIL program? Uh, NFL talk. We're bringing on a guest to talk with us about the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. And we got some Major League Baseball conversation as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by InTheClutch.com. At In The Clutch, you get officially licensed apparel, Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association, NHL, NFL, and great retro t-shirts as well. All that uh, is available to you on InTheClutch.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE, you get 10% off your purchase. Welcome into another live edition of the Sports Stove. We are live on YouTube and Facebook, and the audio will be available early uh, Thursday morning. Joining me, as he normally does, is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing good, doing good. A little wild weather here in southwest Ohio tonight, but I think everybody's okay, so... Yeah, you said you had tornado up there, uh, pretty close to where you are, so that's always exciting. Yeah, oh yeah, you always have sirens going off, and it was the other side of town, so, but it moved quickly, and um, don't know about people being injured at this point, but there was some damage to a, a big distribution center, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Hopefully everybody's everybody's safe and sound, uh, but we've got a show for you today, and uh, we're going to be talking lots of sports things in just a few moments. We'll be joined by Brian Scott. He's the host of the Injured List podcast. Uh, he's going to come on and talk to us about the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. Um, who should be the starting quarterback? I had a poll out this week. We'll bring that up as well uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, but, Dad, let's start today with – let's go with NCAA to start off our day. A um, couple of quick thoughts. One is I just was thinking through different things today. Is it time for the independence to be done with? Notre Dame's independent, uh, at least in football. Uh, Liberty's independent. There's others that are out there. I think Liberty's actually joining a conference. So I just, it seems like where we are in today's time with the way the championships and the playoffs work out and everything, shouldn't we just be done with independence? Yes. I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, they're going to be forced to, cause you're, again, I think, you know, little conferences are even in question at this point. I think we're headed toward more super conferences and probably two divisions and all that, at least in football. But, um, you know, um, you know, it's still good for, cause you want little schools to be viable. We were talking about NCAA baseball, you know, there's some smaller schools, 
uh, in that, and there is some time. But, again, they're going to have to definitely be in a conference um, to make that work. So, yeah, I don't think the time for independence. You know, there was a time when, you know, Notre Dame, you know, I think felt like they could be independent and probably financially they made one of the first TV deals, you know, ever with NBC back in the day. But uh, now, you know, there's there's money probably more money in the conferences. So I would think that would end. Of course, Notre Dame was, you know, flirted with the ACC and in some sports anyhow. So, Yeah, they have. They play in most of the sports, I think, in the ACC, and they've done it in football when they needed to as well. I just assume that that time should be coming soon. But the real college thing I wanted to talk about, Dad, Duke recently hired a former Nike employee. He also worked in the NFL in different different, – ways but uh, they hired him to run their nil department there at the university now we know duke uh, as a whole the school i think is a good academic school but in sports you know they don't go to class just like north carolina kentucky or any other major uh college but nonetheless uh they hire in this nike former nike employee to run their nil stuff and it got me thinking again where should we be with nil stuff because it seems like it's it's in the program's best interest not to have a basketball guy or a football guy, but to have a almost a marketing guy running their NIL departments, wouldn't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, we've talked about the NIL has definitely taken on a life of itself. And now if that's going to be a department and you're going to hire um, people to do that. Now, as far as keeping a school out of the recruiting scandal, maybe, you know, this works because they can say, Hey, we've got a guy that's going to help you with this. You know, you come here, um, you know, we're not getting into the, what you're guaranteed ahead of time, but you know, we've got a guy that's going to be effective. And of course, you know, in Duke, they would have a product that's already um, very marketable from there. Um, Cause again, like you said, with Duke being a high academic school, these kids probably don't have time to do this on their own. So <laughs> How many schools, percentage-wise, how many schools are following the rules with the NIL? Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. What, what was that again? I didn't catch all per- that. Percentage-wise, how many schools are following the rules with NIL? Um, you know, probably more. The percentage-wise is probably higher. Because I think you got the top schools that are the ones that are, you know, playing around with it. You know, you got a conference that's got, you know, eight schools, 12 schools, probably the majority of the smaller schools at this point are, you know, making a better effort to stay by the rules and let it benefit the kids. So when you look at percentage, probably more schools than not. But the high-profile schools, uh, the ones that are going to be, you know, playing for national championship, um, yeah, probably a pretty small percentage of those that are doing it right. All right, let me let me narrow it down a little bit. SEC, how many schools are following the rules? Well, um, one. <laughs> one Vanderbilt's the only one. Um, that'd be my first thought. Without thinking <laughs> through it all the way. Wow, one. Uh, that's pretty good. A Big Ten. How many schools are following the rules? Four. ACC? Four or five. I was going to say probably more in the ACC. They're a little more academic, some of those schools at the very least. And they're Pac-12 out west. We know USC has a long history of breaking rules. Uh, what would you say about Pac-12? Um. Again, you know, everybody's out west, and there's there's probably more opportunity out there. So I would think less than half, um, more than half are breaking rules. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I'm still surprised by your one in the SEC. I was expecting like five. Um, but then I started thinking through the schools, and, I mean, you know Ole Miss isn't, isn't following the rules. You know Mississippi State's not following the rules. Uh, Missouri, they're barely SEC anyhow, but uh, who knows? Maybe Missouri is. I don't know. Yeah, but they, um, they may be. But they've you hired, know, they've you know hired some goofy not. guys. Who, Auburn? Auburn's not. I mean, you know that. No. And, uh, Bruce Pearl schools cannot follow the rules. Uh, we know that for sure. Um, like, I was just thinking, though, I mean, you got guys, that, you know, basketball is well known for hiring dads, uncles, 
brothers to get big recruits to their schools. And I look at this NIL opportunity kind of the same way, where you can hire somebody, maybe not related, but somebody that that has a background in getting people money. Um, and I just I feel like every school should hire a, basically a unique hire for their NIL department that's focus is getting the kids money because right now you still have a very small number of athletes getting NIL dollars. Um, it's your big time football players, your big time basketball players, and then your attractive female athletes. Those are the three kinds of players, athletes right now that are getting money through NIL. And, uh, so you got to have a guy in place that can help you kind of, um, work that, you know, to its fullest, right. To, to make the most that you can for your players as well. Um, speaking of money, the live tour continues to grow. Uh, today, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed both announced that they are going to be leaving the PGA to join the live tour. Patrick Reed won the 2018 masters, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the 2020 U S open, and uh, DeChambeau is one of those characters that could cause people to tune in as well. I mean, how many more well-known golfers do you think we're going to get here in the next couple of weeks headed over to the Live Tour? Well, I think you'll definitely get more, maybe another dozen or so. I don't know. I think uh, DeChambeau and Reed are going to play in a couple of weeks or at the end of the month in a tournament there. And I think depending on how this goes, this, you know, this week will have a lot to do with it. Um, I'm sure money is by far one of the big draws, but I think when, when the players actually see how the tournament is being run, uh, the format, things like that, if that, you know, it'll either be very appealing and they'll say, wow, this is, this is really, you know, a good thing to be involved in. Or, you know, maybe maybe the, it'll be dysfunctional and they'll say, yeah, even with the money, you know, we don't want to be involved in that. But I wouldn't think that's what's going to happen. I would think it'll be unique. Um, you know, you'll get sponsors, people to jump on board w- with it. And once that happens, um, you know, the PGA, I, I think they're going to they're they're be too late to the switch here um, as far as, you know, stopping anything, then they're just going to have to get competitive. Um, and we, we'll see about that. So, Is there any chance Tiger Woods ends up in the Live Tour? Oh, there's a chance anybody can end up in the Live Tour. So I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, he's not playing, um, what, in the next major coming up. So he's got some time. Um, I would think, you know, there's a lot of discussions um, with him. I don't know how tied he would be to the PGA um, from there. Right now, you know, he's not one that can play in every tournament. So, um, but, you know, the Liv would love to, I'm sure, love to have his name. Um, but they're drawing some pretty significant people in, especially with the ones, you know, DeChambeau and people that joined today. Yeah, I think Tiger is a loyalist to the PGA. Um, he's one of the legends. Um, and I think he's been around some of the legends. And so I think that he's more likely just to stick it out in the PGA and let his legacy be that in the PGA. Cause I'm not sure he can go to the live tour and win there either at the, at the moment with the way his health is and everything like that. So I feel like he's probably just going to live out his days with the PGA and kind of just be that the new, the new era, uh, right of legend. He already is. Um, but the, you know, the Jack and the Arnold of the modern day era, basically. And so he can kind of be the face, the face of the past, if that makes any sense for the PGA. I would be shocked if Tiger goes, uh, but money is definitely one of those things and they're offering money up front. I mean, they're giving guys performance bonuses and, um, they're paying them just for playing where they don't even have to win. They earn good money. Uh, I heard today or yesterday that the loser, the last place finisher, gets one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> where do we sign up for that at? <laughs> right, right. How do I get my name in the hat? I'm on my way to London tomorrow. Um, yeah, so so they're they're doling out the cash, but they're definitely gonna have to find a way to keep it going and uh, to maintain it, what the future is. I've heard a lot of talk on it, 
And it makes sense that the future of this tour is the college guys going out and getting the big name college guys to come to them instead of the PGA and kind of build build from the ground up, so to say. Use these veterans to get the name out there, but then bring in these young guns to kind of be the future, I guess, of the Live Tour. I don't know if that's what their plan is um, or if they're really just trying to stick it to the PGA. Maybe they're happy to only go one or two years and just just to stick it to the PGA. I, I don't know. What's what is the motive behind starting this this tour? Um, well, again, um, you know, Norman is behind it, I think, and or you know, one of the engineers yeah. in it, and he, you know, players haven't been totally happy. It seems like with the PGA, as far as uh, the way they've done things, you know, some of their guidelines, and like you said, in this day and time, most every professional sport, you know, there's competition. Um, and I think, you know, this, they saw an opportunity that, Hey, we can have a friendlier golf tour, a better, you know, golf tour, um, you know, more opportunities, um, and probably financially. So, um, yeah, I, I think some of them were just upset with the PGA and who knows, probably behind closed doors, the PGA said, fine, be upset. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nowhere you can go or at least give that feeling to them and somebody, got involved with the right people and said, well, yeah, well, okay, we, we will find somewhere else to go. Good point. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of what, it, what where it all shakes out, I guess, uh, what the end game is. Is it to truly compete or is it just a, I don't know, put a dent, put a dent in it, prove, prove a point. Maybe we see more professional golf tours start up as a result of this as well. Um, I mean, you'd think Tiger could start one up if you wanted to, but like I said, I think Tiger is pretty well, He's been treated pretty good by the PGA, so I think he probably is pretty happy with, with them and where they are. So uh, what we're going to do, Dad, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk NFL football. We've got a guest joining us as well. But first, let's take a quick break. We're going to hear a word from In the Clutch, and then we'll be back with more sports right here on the Sports Dope Podcast. InTheClutch.com, the newest sponsors of the Sports Stove Podcast, and we are excited to partner with InTheClutch.com. They have officially licensed apparel and accessories for your favorite sports teams and athletes. Use code SPORTSSTOVE and get 10% off your first purchase. You can find shirts like I Still Own You from Green Bay Packers. Are we talking about practice? All kinds of great shirts in baseball, football, hockey, and basketball. Officially licensed apparel from InTheClutch.com. Again, use the code SPORTSSTOVE to get 10% off your purchase. Welcome back into the Sports Stove Podcast live on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, thank you to all those watching on Belly Up TV, if you're watching this on Belly Up TV Friday morning, and all those listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening. We sure appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget to go to endtheclutch.com, use the code Sports Stove, get 10% off your first purchase. Joining us now is the host of the Injured List Podcast, uh, a fellow Belly Up uh, uh, podcaster, the one and only Brian Scott. Brian, how you doing? Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, you're a little a little muffled, but uh, but yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> we can make sound, sound a little better. That's a little better, yeah, a little better. Uh, Brian, right. how you doing? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to talk about Carolina Panthers here in just a second, but uh, first, what I want to do is let you uh, give us a little information about your podcast because it's a unique podcast. I've not seen a whole lot of shows um, similar to what you do. So explain to the fine folks that are listening what the Injured List podcast is. All right. Well, if you can hear me okay, sorry about the camera there. Um, well, with my background being in medicine, uh, sports medicine in particular, and orthopedic surgery, I, I bring a little bit of a unique perspective to the world of sports in that I kind of break down, analyze a lot of the injuries across all the major sports dealing with a lot of the major athletes that we hear about and read about in the press and the media. And I try to break it down in simple, easy to understand terms so that you, the fans out there have an idea of what's happening with these guys that are injured and gals. And you know, when you can expect them back in action, what you can do for your fantasy rosters when you're trying to plan your roster and you've got two or three of your stars or starters that are out injured, you know, how long they're going to be out. When do you think they're going back? Are the reports that you're hearing, are those legitimate? Are they realistic? What exactly is the injury? 
because I don't understand what they're doing. And so I basically just provide an educational entertainment uh, podcast where I kind of break it down, um, you know, injury by injury. I also bring on some guest uh, professionals in the world of sports medicine and uh, orthopedics, and we talk about various topics related to a lot of different um, athletes and injuries and experiences and professions uh, centered around uh, the world of orthopedics and sports medicine. So I actually got an episode coming out on Friday um, with an, another professional in the industry. So um, I won't uh, take up too much of your time with that. I'll tell you about it later. But uh, here I am for you at your service. And I know you want to yeah. talk a little bit about Carolina football because that's where I'm currently based. Um, so I'm here to kind of fill you in some Carolina football stuff. Yeah. So you, I reached out to the network. Uh, we're part of the Belly Up Sports Network. And and uh, was me and Dad had talked a little bit about uh, Panthers quarterback situation. And I was like, do we need someone that's either a fan or relatively from the area where they, where they know what's going on around there. Because, um, you know, obviously we, we're all kind of guessing to some degree. But when you look at this Carolina Panther team, the very first question you ask, as you ask with many teams, is the quarterback. Well, who's going to play quarterback? They got Sam Darnold. Uh, they chose to not draft a quarterback last year. Uh, then they got uh, they bring in Sam Darnold. They play him, which I thought was a good idea originally. I, I'm on record as being wrong about that. Um, they do draft a quarterback this year, but they wait a while, get Matt Corral. Um, they've got uh, P.J. Walker there. They've talked about bringing Cam Newton back that they did towards the end of last season. And then, of course, there's the Baker Mayfield rumors where the Panthers players seem to be pretty clear they don't want him, uh, but that's still floating around there. So uh, what do you know? What have you heard? What do you think about the Carolina's uh, quarterback situation? Well, let me just preface this by saying that I'm originally from New York, so I am a transplant, and I am a Giants fan. So I actually have a very neutral and very objective point of view on this, which is good, right? That's what you want. Yes, yes. Um, the Carolina Panthers organization is in shambles right now. Uh, you know, that whole Baker Mayfield um, rumor mill, I think, has been put to rest with the drafting of Matt Corral. You know, they would have been foolish, I think, to bring Baker over because they would have had to eat a huge contract for a guy that potentially could be your future quarterback who's already had a few years in the league, but, you know, kind of up and down where you get a guy like Matt Corral that you can kind of groom into the successors and you get him at a very discount discounted rate. I mean, they got him in what round six, I think with like the 90 something pick. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty bargain deal. If you ask me and you know what, if it doesn't pan out, then maybe next year you'll get another shot at a even better quarterback class. So I think passing on Baker was probably a smart thing for the Panthers to do. Um, there have been rumors circulating around here. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. That Cam Newton may join the organization again. I know that was recently put in the news because he was on a podcast and was talking about how he regrets some of the decisions he made when he went to New England and, and when he was here last with Carolina. So I wouldn't be surprised if they might bring him in at some point during the year here, maybe to fill in for some, an injury or just to kind of get, get a look at him and see where he's at. But um, right now it looks like Matt Rule has said that they're going to go with these three guys and kind of see how they, they kind of come along uh, during minicamp and then probably make a decision after that. But I don't think Sam Darnold is going to have a very long leash. I would, I would hope not. If I was a Panthers fan, I would surely hope not. I think he still has potential, but, I mean, how much time do you wait on potential in his case? I actually like P.J. Walker. I'm surprised he didn't get more of an opportunity last year when they were struggling and needed somebody and they went back to cam I, I thought it was the perfect opportunity just to hand the reins over to pj and see what he could do especially coming off a successful 
tenure in the XFL um, or the whatever league he was in, the AAFL or the whatever it was. But um, well, he might he might get his chance this year because um, you know I don't think uh, Corral is going to be ready. I think it's going to take him a while to understand this NFL system which, you know, it does for a lot of the collegiate guys. And I don't think they're going to be too patient with Darnold this year. So Tucker, Tucker might, or Walker, I'm sorry, might be, might get a shot uh, at some point. We put out the poll a couple of days ago for who should the Panthers quarterback be in week one. We gave four options, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral. The voters selected Baker Mayfield, 40% of the vote, 35% of the vote went to Matt Corral, 21% to Sam Darnold, 4% to Cam Newton. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I like Mike, Matt Corral. I think that there's great potential there. Um, he could almost be a Tom Brady story to the sense that he got drafted so late, but he's more well-known than Tom was coming into the league. And I'm not saying he's going to turn into Tom Brady, by the way, uh, <laughs> just yeah. for all you Tom Brady lovers out there. Um, but, uh, you know, I look at this team, quarterback's obviously the big part of it, but this team still has a ways to go. Matt Matt Rule, uh, the head coach, they bring in Ben McAdoo. Uh, you're a Giants fan. Uh, how do you feel about Ben McAdoo being the offensive coordinator? Um, I don't think we really had much positive things to say when he was back in New York. So I'm not so sure Carolina is going to be as uh, any happier than we were while he was there. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, aside from the offensive coaching staff, I think their their problems go a little bit deeper than that and more on the field. Um, you know, they've got a stud running back who unfortunately um, hasn't been able to stay healthy very much the last few years. And I see a bad trend developing with that. And I know they signed uh, Dante Foreman uh, this year, who was a very nice compliment to uh, Derrick Henry over there in Tennessee and filled in admirably while he was injured. But, um, you know, with a guy like McCaffrey, man, if you can't keep him in there for the entire season, your offense is going to have a hard time getting the ball down the field and making plays happen when you're relying on a guy like Sam Darnold and potentially a rookie in Matt Corral and potentially a guy who really doesn't have a tremendous amount of NFL experience in in Walker. So, um, you know, I think it goes a little bit beyond the offensive coordinator and the offensive system, I think it's really just a matter of having the right personnel and keeping them on the field healthy. Now, I know they made a couple of moves in the offseason to bolster their offensive line and provide some additional protection to the quarterbacks they're going to have back there, but they really haven't upgraded their tight end position with the retirement of Greg Olson. They haven't really done much there. Um, I think they re-signed one of their players, but didn't really have much of a breakout season to really pad the stats at all in the last couple of years, so they didn't really upgrade their and, and again, the, you know, the whole running back thing, you know, can McCaffrey stay healthy? That's going to be a huge, huge key for the success of this team. A hundred percent. And, you know, you look at that team and where they are, they've got, they've got some weapons, but like you said, they've got to be healthy and they've got to have a quarterback that makes, makes a play. I brought you on the talk Carolina, but I got to ask you while you're here, your New York football giants, uh, Daniel Jones at quarterback, um, they've all said all the right things, uh, giving them the opportunity. I'm actually intrigued to see if Dayball can do something with Daniel Jones, turn him into a legit quarterback. Um, he's got the turnover issues, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't have, I don't love his wide receivers in New York, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, as a Giants fan, uh, are you optimistic for this season or are you just waiting for it to get over so you guys can get a new quarterback? Um, you know, I, I actually am very optimistic. I mean, if you look at the success that Daniel Jones has had, albeit very little, um, it's when he has enough time in the pocket to sit in there, look down the field, and make a pass. And when he does that, he's as good as just about anybody else in the league uh, when it comes to a guy with his experience. You know, I'm not comparing him to, like, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, or Tom Brady, but right. as far as these younger quarterbacks go, he the guy can sling it, and he can get it down the field with a beautiful pass. So bolstering the offensive line was a huge, huge step in the right direction. He's still young enough. He's intelligent enough. He's shown some good poise in the pocket at an early stage in his career. I'm very optimistic. I think if you surround him with the right coaching staff, which I'm hoping Dave Wall and his crew are, then I think he's he still has a chance. I mean, I really do. Um, and, you know, again, Dave – tried to surround him with some additional talent on the wide receiver front. I mean, that's been a big issue as well. 
even when you have had the, the time in the pocket, you've had a lot of drop passes. You've had a lot of guys, you know, not running proper routes. There's been a myriad of issues that have kind of contributed to his lack of success. But I don't think it's all on his shoulders. And so I am very optimistic going forward this year. I, I do expect them to definitely be better. And I hope that that means because Daniel Jones is playing better and not just because the team can play or not. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dad, what do you got for Brian? Um, I, I got a question on the injury front since you deal with that and Vince and I are big Packer fans and I keep up with all the information I can get um, off you know the Packer websites and that but what do you know or what do you think about David Bakhtiari um, basically their take on it is, is he's an older player they just want to continue to give him rest um, you know he is not he's not involved in OTAs he's not directly involved in minicamp this week um, fans are very antsy about it um, but they, they say, of course, he played one game last year, did not play the last game, indicated he probably would have played if they'd won their playoff game. But, um, you know, and I know, you know, ACLs can be kind of tricky. Um, do you think it's legitimate that they're just giving him plenty of rest before training camp, or is there still a problem there? Um, when you're coming off an ACL injury, and I've said this a lot of times on my uh, show when I've talked about this particular injury, is that um, it can sometimes take you anywhere between nine, 12 to 18 months before you're kind of really back to where you need to be. Now, he's been in the league a long time. He's 30 years old. Um, I don't necessarily worry too much about what I'm hearing as far as him not kind of getting ready and suiting up and being ready for training camp. Because I would expect him to do that with a veteran. You know, he's, he's got the lay of the land. He knows the playbook. He knows the system. He knows the routine. This isn't a guy that's, you know, now all of a sudden stepping onto a field and kind of in awe of the bright lights and everything. But, um, you know, anytime you have a guy who starts getting up around the 30-year age mark, you know, with a knee injury like this, it can significantly kind of alter the rest of the course of his career if the damage that was done was significant enough. And often with ACL injuries, you don't just injure the ligament itself. You often will have some other injuries to the joint of the knee along with it. And that can be anything from another ligament being involved, possibly some of the articular cartilage or some of the other structures in the knee that are really important to help prevent against arthritis. So, you know, I'm not too concerned about it. He is a lineman. He's not a skilled position player, so that also does factor in. you got to really look at that as well. These guys are really doing more of the static-type things on the line when they're blocking. You know, it's not like a skilled position receiver or running back where they're going to have to sprint down the field, cut, change directions sharply on a dime, and be able to, you know, use their agility because that's where that ligament really plays an important role in those types of movements. A guy like Bakhtiari can wear a brace and, you know, lock in and just kind of hold that position and block and probably do do fairly well pretty early on in his recovery. Unlike a guy like um, OBJ, for example, who, you know, re-ruptured his ACL in the playoffs, uh, the Super Bowl there, um, just on a, on a basically on a non-contact injury. So it's a lot different when you're looking at skilled players versus offensive linemen who are not considered skilled players as far as the activities they do. So I, I think this is all part of their plan, probably, like I said, for the reasons already mentioned. Um, I wouldn't uh, be too concerned if I'm a fan. But, you know, you, you do got to look at all the all the factors involved. Yeah, I mean, Dad, Dad, you being an owner, I'm surprised you didn't have the inside info uh, on that, being a minority owner of the Packers. But uh, uh, Brian, this has been fun. We're going to have you on again down the road. Uh, thank you so much. Tell the people where they can find you on social media, where they can find your show, and uh, anything else you want to plug. Yeah, well, well, thanks for having me on. It's been a great conversation, and I am part of the Belly Up Network, as you can see. So rocking the T-shirt tonight. Um, I've got uh, most of my social media stuff is up and running. i got a Twitter feed, at host Brian Scott. You can find me on Instagram, the Injured List Podcast. You can find me on my website, www.theinjuredlist.com. You can find me on Facebook, The Injured List Podcast. I've actually got a new episode, like I mentioned earlier, coming out this Friday at noon 
where I interview Rodolfo Martinez. He's a certified athletic trainer. He used to be a staff member at Florida International University down in South Florida and now actually works with the uh, New Orleans, Louisiana Air National Guard 122nd Fighter Squadron. So, wow. And that's what he does. He takes care of our armed uh, services, men and women, um, who are fighter pilots, which is a pretty sweet gig and a pretty cool story to hear. So I've got him on to talk some things about sports injuries and his experiences as an athletic trainer throughout his career and to kind of pick his brain on some military stuff, which is kind of always kind of cool. Um, so you can listen for that and uh, find that on all of the major podcast hosting platforms. I'm on pretty much all of them. And I, I look forward to joining you guys again and talking any type of injury, any sport. I cover them all. So it does, I, don't, right. I don't discriminate. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Brian, like I said, it's been a blast. Looking forward to the next time. Looking forward to that episode. It sounds uh, awesome. And uh, looking forward to listening to that. So make sure you go out and subscribe to the Injured List podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well. Brian, again, thank you so much for coming on. We sure appreciate your time. My pleasure, guys. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, that's Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast on Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Um, that's a really intriguing uh, interview coming up for him. I'm looking forward to that. I did not know about that one, so looking forward to that. Dad, a few more football-related uh, topics. Um, the Broncos, they've been for sale for a while. There have been talks that Peyton Manning possibly in on buying them. They ultimately get sold to the Waltons, um, not the TV Waltons, but the Walmart Waltons. Uh, so Walmart, the uh, the heir to the Walmart fortune, is the now owner, or will be very soon, the owner of the Denver Broncos. Uh, what does that mean for the team, if anything? Um, I mean, I would think it means stability from what I've read. It sounds like, you know, they've kind of become connected in Colorado and they're, you know, they seem to know about the history of the Broncos. Um, you know, I don't think there's any interest, you know, in moving them and, um, you know, they have the money to provide the stability. And so, you know, I think that it looks, sounds like it'll be good. Like I said, you got three members of the family there, all with Walmart, and in, in the other, um, the other investor is um, involved in several things. One of them being Starbucks. So, kind of interesting. And the Walton that buys it, I'm trying to look for his first name, Rob. Rob Walton. He married the sister of the Avalanche owner, the guy that owns the Colorado Avalanche. So, there's already sports ownership. There's rumors of them kind of developing land to build stadium slash arenas as well. And a lot of things happening uh, there as well. So I'm kind of bummed that Peyton Manning didn't buy them. Um, but they said that the money that this Walton guy has is definitely plenty stable. Um, he's not going bankrupt anytime, yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> so I think they said, what, he's worth $40 billion or something like that. Um but uh, he bought the team for $4.65 billion. Um, that's, uh, that's a pretty hefty price tag for an NFL team. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yes, I think it's the highest one of any professional sports team from what I understand there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the prices for those are only going up. And, um, you know, there were several people, I guess, in line trying to get this. But, um, you know, financially and in a lot of ways, that's, they probably picked a pretty stable owner there. Yep. And you said it about the Starbucks thing as well, all in there. He's also a director of J.P. Morgan Chase. So, yeah, there's a lot of money in this group uh, that is going. I made an offer for $465, uh, but they pass, <laughs> passed on sure. that, um, sadly. Uh, let's see here. Deshaun Watson. Oh, I don't know what we can say about Deshaun Watson. Let's just keep it on the football side of things. Does Deshaun Watson ever play a snap for Cleveland? Um, 
the more information that comes out, I think there's a good chance he will not. Um, I definitely think he will be out probably for this year. Um, now, depending on how the legal process works, but I think until he is cleared, if he is cleared, um, I, I think the NFL is going to steer pretty clear of this. And, um, you know, everybody may have known this was coming a little bit, you know, with the way he signed the contract for a small amount for the first year. So if he forfeits the first year, he's not losing a lot. Um, I would assume Cleveland has things in place to where he has to play at some point before they pay him. Um, but yeah, right now with the information we keep hearing coming out, um, you know, the, the NFL is going to stay away from this. They're going to have to stay away from this. They probably should, um, unless, you know, things can be, you know, cleared up, um, definitely legally. And I don't think that's going to happen quickly. Yeah. The Browns do have an out in the contract, um, where they can get out of this completely. They don't have to pay them a penny, but they don't get their first round picks back. (laughs) So they would be just giving away first round picks for nothing. You've got to believe they're still hopeful. Watson is able to play, Man, it's just getting uglier and uglier. Now, legally speaking, he's not going to face any prison time, um, but he's still going to have issues. And, you know, at some point, you almost think he's just got to have to come out and settle these situations so that it's over with. I don't know what the NFL is going to do. Originally, I said four to six games. Now I'm thinking anywhere from 10 to a whole season. Man, it's just not looking good. Not looking good for the Browns, and they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they do, but <laughs> I mean, I, you got to think they they had to know something could happen when they signed them. Uh, they still have Baker Mayfield, but I don't think they can get Baker Mayfield to play for him. He's not showing up to camp. Uh, they mutually agreed it wasn't good, but they don't have a. You know, they got Jacoby Brissett, but I mean, this is crazy. Cleveland, what's their backup plan? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Or do you think now they try to work really, really hard to work things out with Baker Mayfield? Well, their problem is the Deshaun Watson thing is not being settled quickly. So, um, you know, if the NFL will come out and suspend him for the year or whatever, then all of a sudden, you know, they can look more at another answer as far as somebody – um, you know, more reputable. I don't know that they can patch things up with Baker Mayfield uh, at this point, unless the Deshaun Watson thing was just totally done and wouldn't even come back in another year. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that one's been damaged pretty well. But uh, the thing that keeps hurting the Browns is, you know, just not knowing what their situation is going to be. And that's going to get more and more perilous as we get close to um, training camp. Very true. Our last episode, we talked about Aaron Donald making all kinds of money. The Rams follow that up and sign Cooper Cup to an extension, five years, $110 million. Um, So they, again, they have their core guys locked in for a long time, um, and the Rams continue to spend all kinds of money. I don't know where they're getting it from. I don't know how they make it work with the cap, but uh, they do and uh, continue to sign guys. Um, anything else NFL-wise we need to talk about? Um, no, not right now. I don't think I, you know, of course, training camp OTAs will wrap up here uh, and then everybody will have a break for a few weeks, five weeks or so. So, um, but I'm sure more things can continue to happen, uh, there, but, um, right now I don't think so. How many guys get arrested after OTAs end? Um, uh, hopefully nobody on the Packers, but we will see. So, like you know, it, it, like you said, you would think. Well, I'm sure the teams do take a lot of time and effort trying to stress that, but um, the, you know, there's always things that come up. So we, you know, we, we will see. Here's a Packer topic for you. Aaron Rodgers said he thinks that Alan Lazard can be the number one wide receiver. Um, me and you, you and I, everyone say it. We like Alan Lazard. I think Packer fans like Alan Lazard. The average NFL fan is not going to look at Alan Lazard and think he even has anywhere close to the talent to be a wide receiver one. 
I think he is a wide receiver too, um, but he could be forced to be the wide receiver one this year for Green Bay. Do you think Lazard has the ability to be a and develop to a maybe not Devontae Adams level, but a a number one wide receiver level? Yes, because the Packers will define kind of what the number one receiver position is. Um, it won't be just like Devontae Adams was. You know, Roger said this week that 80% of the offense was tailored around Devontae Adams. Um, that's not the way it will be with Lazard or anyone there. But I think Lazard has the best chemistry and trust with Rodgers outside of Randall Cobb, and Randall Cobb is not in the plate of spot uh, to be the number one receiver there. Um, and if Rodgers says, hey, this is the guy I think and I want to be the number one receiver, I mean, he's the guy throwing the ball and he's the guy checking things off. So I, I think there's good reason. I think they will obviously spread it around more. I think you're going to see um, wide receivers catch the ball even more. Um, and it looks like some of the other guys, you know, they, they like Sammy Watkins, you know, uh, we'll see how he does. Interesting. I heard his comments today, you know, his concern is staying healthy because he hasn't been able to do that. Um, Amari Rogers, everybody's pleased with how he's come into camp in better shape. So um, they're going to spread it around more, going to use tight ends, um, going to run the ball more. I heard Mercedes Lewis said, we're going to run the ball more. And I love that. So, um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting, but if Rogers, if Rogers says this guy's going to be my main guy, he, you know, he's the guy throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's got the talent. Uh, he's, I, I'd put him in the Allen Robinson category. Um, Allen Robinson has been a number one receiver in the NFL. I'd take Alan Lazard over most of the New York giants wide receivers. <laughs> so, uh, he's got that potential. Uh, let's close out with some Major League Baseball talk. Your San Francisco Giants, one of their top prospects last year came up, Joey Bart, to play catcher, kind of be the the big Buster Posey replacement, uh, or he came up, I guess, in 2020. He hasn't turned out to be Buster Posey and actually gets sent down to the minors. They make a trade for a backup catcher, prospect catcher as well. Um, Joey Bart, is he ever going to be a Major League Baseball catcher? Oh, I, I think he can be. He just, you know, he wasn't ready at this point of his career, obviously. Um, he's young enough. I think he's got a chance to bounce back. But uh, it's hard to replace Buster Posey anyhow, and they definitely don't have the replacement at this point. Uh, All-Star is coming up, the All-Star game in baseball. We're in June, uh, so that's coming up rather quickly. How do you feel about the the rule that every team has a representative in the All-Star game? Um, I think it's good as far as the fans are concerned and as far as creating interest in the all-star game. I think with fans having the amount of vote voting power that they do, then yes, I think you need to have, you don't need a team getting shut out. And, um, you know, I mean, you really, should you be a major league team if you don't have at least one player that's good enough to be in the all-star game? I mean, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be too much of a stretch to get that. I guess uh, I was looking at the uh, kind of through the players and things like that and guys that could be deserved. I think the AL has the better grouping right now. Um, things could change. Mike Trout injured. We don't know how long he'll be out at the moment, but Salvador Perez has been pretty much the lead catcher. You've got a little bit of a competition at first base. Vlad Guerrero will probably get it, uh, but a guy like Anthony Rizzo's had a great season. Uh, Trevor Story, Xander Bogarts in the middle, in my opinion. Jose Ramirez from Cleveland at third. Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez uh, from Houston are outfielders that should make it. Uh, J.D. Martinez should make it uh, as well. Looking at the NL, though, Dad, it's it's a little bit more less star-studded. Uh, just looking at leaders in categories, catcher, you know, you've got your J.T. Romuto, you've got uh, Will Smith as well. I've got Tyler Stevenson, a Cincinnati Red of all people, uh, as my starting catcher for the All-Star game. Paul Goldschmidt. I think runaway first baseman, but then you got second base is kind of wide open. Brendan Rogers from Colorado has decent, decent stats, shortstop Trey Turner, third base, Manny Machado outfield. You got Mookie Betts, but then you're looking at like Sterling Marte jerks and pro Like these aren't stud names uh, there as well. DH is a question mark as well. Maybe I got Pete Alonso there 
and even pitchers for the National League, guys like Tyler Anderson, Max Freed are the kind of guys you're looking at. So I don't know. It's interesting to see how it's shaking out right now. The AL seems to be more star-studded, uh, whereas the NL is is a little bit more of a question mark. Um, and uh, maybe you got some guys in there that could start uh, that – you haven't heard of very often, at least in the much. Are you liking last year? We said Major League Baseball had their best season in a very, very long time. Uh, are you liking what you're seeing in Major League Baseball so far this season? Um, I mean, I, I, th- I think there has been some definite good points to it. Like we've talked about, there are some teams that are disappointing. Um, yep. And there are some teams that, you know, um, are, are not good. But, I, you know, there's been there's been good baseball. There's some divisions that are very good. There are several very good teams, not just two, you know, like it always looks like at the start of the season. So I think depending on how it shakes out after the all-star break, I, I think it could still be a very good baseball season. Yeah, it could. Um, managers getting fired. We talked about that in the last episode. Go back and listen to that with Dan D'Amico. Um, you know, so maybe that changes some things as well. Be interesting to see where it all uh, shakes out. Anything else you want to add to the program tonight before we uh, sign off? No, I think we're good, to, you know, tonight. And appreciate everybody checking in with us and listening to us. And um, going to be a lot more good things coming up here in the near future. Big stuff, big stuff coming up, especially for our local hour episodes. Uh, but having other stuff going on, hopefully some big guests and things. Uh, as well here in the very near future. So looking forward to all those things, like you said, uh, for sure. want to thank Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast, jumping on and chatting with us. Sorry about the microphone issues uh, there, but uh, looking forward to his his uh, episode coming out and looking forward to having him back on the program. Sure appreciate his time today. Uh, Dad, thanks for being back on. Don't forget about InTheClutch.com. Use code SPORTSTOVE, 10% off your purchase. And... Uh, Elementor, if you're looking to, to create a website or if you don't like your current website, you need to use Elementor. You can create, manage, uh, they host all of those sorts of things, drag and drop uh, placement as well. No coding involved. And there is an exclusive Sports Stove link available in the YouTube uh, episode notes as well as in the podcast notes wherever you're listening on your podcast. So click that link so they know we sent you and uh, they can help you with your needs for your website as well all right uh this episode is our last of the week we'll be back on sunday night to record another live episode uh sunday afternoon i guess uh here for uh next week and then it'll be available for audio form monday wherever you get your podcast as well so keep an eye out on twitter at sports stove we'll announce the next live airing of this podcast Thanks so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.